Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. So, real quick, this story was originally supposed to go live next week because it has the Halloween theme and it will be closer to Halloween, etc., etc. But then, my close and dear friend, Toma, sent me a story of his own and asked me if I can read it on the podcast. And I said, yes, sir, absolutely. You see, Toma, along with another close friend of mine, Joe, are the two guys that do the Nope Too Creepy live exploration videos with me. Now, at the time of recording this, there is only one Nope Too Creepy live explorations episode published onto YouTube. But on October 26th, I'll be posting the second episode where Toma, Joe, and I go to Joliet Prison in Joliet, Illinois, which, if you don't know, is notorious for being haunted, and we do our thing and try to find some evidence of paranormal activity. So stay tuned for that if you're interested. I'll provide more information once the date comes closer. Anyway, moving on to the story. In this chilling tale, a young boy's favorite holiday, Halloween, transforms into a nightmarish ordeal. On what should be a joyous night of trick-or-treating, he discovers that true horror can be hidden behind the masks we wear. Written by Reddit user EvilKnevil77, I present. When I was nine years old, I was severely traumatized on Halloween. Halloween used to be my favorite holiday. Used to be. My therapist recently encouraged me to reach out to others and sort of get it all out regarding the trauma I've been reliving since childhood. I figure this website is as good as a place as any, and besides, no one here will know who I am. Or at least I hope not. So, on the advice of my therapist, I'm going to let you guys know what happened. I was nine years old. It was Halloween. And of course, as always, my family and I had decorated the whole house from top to bottom. My family was really into it, mostly because of my dad. His love for Halloween started early on in childhood. He always told me he had such good memories of Halloween, and as such, he couldn't wait each year to get into the spooky spirit. Every year, my dad went all out, putting up lights, paper cutouts, and the pièce de résistance. The entire front yard was covered in spooky animatronics. Fake graveyard tombstones, skeletons, spiderwebs, orange and green fairy lights, jack-o'-lanterns, and a gracious amount of artificial fog. Thinking back now, the guy had to have spent over $700 a year on Halloween decor alone. Our house was decked out with various lights, candles, and fake pumpkins. The whole house screamed orange and black. At night, 
my dad would turn the lights down low and only let the side table lamps be on, which gave the entire house a very cozy, warm feeling that was also strangely eerie at times. Halloween night was, of course, no exception, and the house was dark except for the candles and jack-o'-lanterns glowing inside. My dad had turned off the side lamps to make the house extra dark. We lived just north of Juneau in Alaska, so this time of year would get dark very soon in the evening because of our latitude. It also meant that everyone's Halloween costumes had to revolve around jackets and winter gear, so dressing slutty was not an option, unless you were super drunk. My father usually waited until around 5 o'clock to begin escorting us out to go trick-or-treating. Our small town, although not absolutely filled with people, was similarly filled with the Halloween spirit, so we usually got quite a bit of candy each year. I looked out the window into the darkness of the evening. The sun had sunk below the horizon, its light barely leaking out yellow into the inky bluish black of the night sky. I could see the orange glow of the neighbor's jack-o'-lanterns flickering on the steps and porches of their houses. Most people didn't even try to compare it to my dad's house. At the time, my dad was divorced and had gotten total custody of my sister and me. My mom, as such, was mostly absent, except for weekend visits. Dad! I groaned out while looking outside. When are we heading out? I was eager to begin trick-or-treating, and to start stuffing my mouth full of sweets and chocolate. I could hear my sister in the other room laughing, while the rustle of fabric mixed in with it. My dad was busy helping her get her witch costume ready. She decided she wanted to be a witch after watching Hocus Pocus for the first time, and had been a witch every Halloween since. She was only a year younger than me, and always seemed to need my dad's help with something. Just a second, son, he called out. I'll be out in a second. Just wait for a bit. I'm readjusting your sister's hat. My dad, on the other hand, this year had decided to be a creepy clown, complete with a mask and a fake bloody knife. We're all dressed. Hurry up. I grumbled while continuing to look outside. I noticed the lights of the candles burning on the coffee table reflecting on the inside of the window. The house was dark except for their light, and if I was all alone, I grumbled while continuing to look outside. I noticed the lights of the candles burning on the coffee table reflecting on the inside of the window. The house was dark except for their light, and if I was all alone, I would have been creeped out in that atmosphere. I looked around the room. The walls were covered in pumpkin cutouts and bats. The coffee table had a bowl of candy corn and a few plastic skulls and spiders, as well as three pumpkin-scented candles 
whose light blended in with the wood and the walls, making the whole room feel like I was in a horror movie. I tried not to let the chill creeping up my spine bother me as I held tight to my plastic pumpkin pail. I had chosen to be a vampire that year, complete with a cape, white face paint, and plastic teeth with red paint to function as fake blood. I sat waiting when I heard my sister's voice suddenly stop. At first I had not noticed it, but suddenly the house was as silent as the grave. It made me feel really uneasy, but at the time I figured my dad and sister were on their way to the living room. I looked out of the window again at the lawn, studying the orange and purple fairy lights that shined into the darkness, bouncing off the pumpkins, gravestones, fake skeletons, and animatronics. My dad had turned on the fog machine about 30 minutes prior, and it was busy pumping out a slow-moving, thick white fog that slowly slithered its way across the yard before fading like smoke into the street of the neighborhood. My dad's animatronics stood like demented soldiers, arching over in contorted positions. There were at least ten of them, ranging from Jack Skellington to a giant grim reaper with glowing green eyes. There were all of the famous big horror movie characters, like Jason, Freddy Krueger, and, of course, Michael Myers. They typically wouldn't move unless you tipped off the sensor, and then they'd let out a poorly recorded catchphrase, creak or move, all while playing their respective movie's iconic music screeching in the background. I watched as three kids dressed up as a ghost, a werewolf, and Spider-Man came walking down the street. They walked in front of our yard, and predictably, right in front of one of the animatronic figures in black, holding a plastic knife. I watched as the animatronic lurched towards the kids and shouted, I'll kill you! The kids screamed and ran, running to the other side of the street, running completely out of sight. Those decorations were scary, alright. I looked back inside and yelled, Dad, come on! Other kids are already outside. We need to go. The house was still silent, and I got up out of annoyance. How long could adjusting a hat possibly take? Stomping out of the dimly lit living room, I walked into the hallway leading to my sister's room. Suddenly, I heard the doorbell ring. I turned and scampered down the hall to the front door. On the way, I grabbed a fistful of candy that was sitting inside a small bowl that my dad had left on the floor for trick-or-treaters. I opened the door, and to my surprise, no one was there. The front lawn was silent, and the fog kept slowly drifting along. I walked out onto the small concrete porch and looked around for a second. No one was there. I walked forward and down the steps to the side of the house to see if anyone had run off. 
Again, no one was there. Maybe it had just been some teenagers ding-dong ditching or something. I shrugged my shoulders and started heading back to the front door. I got to the door and then froze. My eyes glazed over the lawn. Something had caught my eye. The yard, it was off. I looked at it for a second. Something was off, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. I stared at it for a little while before heading back inside. The house was no longer silent. I heard footsteps walking down into the living room. I smiled and walked up to the hallway. My dad strode in with his clown mask on. Dad, are we finally ready to go? I asked, looking up at him. He stood there, silently, and nodded his head. Great. Hey, where's Audrey? My sister was mysteriously absent, but my dad pointed behind him. Okay, I said. Well, let's get her and go. Now, I know what you're thinking. You must be an idiot to not be suspicious of that situation. But you don't get it. You don't just expect these sort of things to happen. Halloween is supposed to be fake scary, not real scary. That's what makes it fun. That's what used to make it fun. I walked past my dad casually and into my sister's room. That's when Halloween changed for me forever. I opened the door and the room was empty. Or it had appeared to be so. It was pitch black and the only dim light was that of the living room streaming in. I tried turning on the light but couldn't find the switch. I only felt what I could only assume was a leather jacket that had been hung there on the wall. It was rough, but soft. No light switch. I glazed my eyes around the room. On the floor, I noticed there was a poster board with black markings on the surface. I couldn't read what was on it. I looked around the room a little more, but still couldn't see anything. The room was empty, so I turned and walked out to the living room. I held the poster board in my hands trying to make out the words as the light from the candles got closer and closer. Slowly but surely, the words became legible. When I finally read what was on the poster, my heart leapt into my throat. Be silent or I'll fucking kill her. I looked up from the page, trembling. The living room was empty. I slowly turned my head to look around the room 
The candlelights were flickering every few seconds, making the room a tad bit darker before lighting up just a little bit more. I whimpered and looked back at the hallway where I had just come from. The house was silent. I waited for what felt like an eternity. My heart was beating so fast that it was all I could hear in that quiet, quiet house. I slowly and shakily began to walk towards the front door of the house. What was going on? Why had Dad left a note like that? I crept slowly towards the window, which was completely open except for the curtains lazily parted on the sides. I noticed the yard again. I glazed out from afar and got the same uneasy feeling as before. Suddenly, it became obvious what was wrong with it. The animatronics were not in the right place. They were off. I turned back and choked out. Dad? Dad, where, where are you? I heard a shot ring out from the hallway, and I jumped violently. I cried out, and then walked quickly into the hallway to see what had happened. Curiosity killed the cat, as they say. The hallway was empty, but the door to my sister's room was still ajar. The blackness inside the room, like a gaping maw. I walked into the room, and I saw a shape in the darkness. I was too frightened to find out what it was. I rushed back into the living room and yanked at the front door. It wouldn't budge. I looked through the peephole, and I saw my dad outside grasping at the handle, leaning back to keep it from opening. I yanked and yanked at the door to no avail. Let me out, dad. Please, let me out. I cried out tears streaming from my face. Out of nowhere, I heard a knock from the window. One of the so-called animatronics was standing there, staring in with its face up against the glass. It was Michael Myers. I screamed and ran, grabbing a candle and rushing back into the hallway right into my sister's room. I slammed the door behind me, and the candle nearly went out. I locked the door and turned around. What I saw then made my breathing completely stop. My sister was on the ground, sprawled out like a doll, her eyes open, with a horrific blast wound covering what used to be the left half of her skull. Brain matter, bone, and flesh covered the carpet. Her witch hat was on the floor beside her, and her pumpkin pail was tossed to the side of the room. I suddenly found my voice and breath again, and began to cry uncontrollably. 
my heaving chest, letting out pathetic moans of shock and agony. Right when I thought things couldn't get any worse, I watched in utter horror as the closet doors of my sister's room opened and two men stepped out, one of them holding the gun that killed her. They were both covering their faces, one wearing a grim reaper mask and the other wearing one of those cheap gorilla masks you'd find at Walmart. Say one more word and you die, the gorilla man said. He got up close to me and put the gun to my chest. Turn around, unlock the door, and go into the living room. I did as he demanded, clutching the burning candle. It was one of those candles with three wicks, and the melted wax sloshed to the slides of the glass container, now hot to the touch. I walked down the hallway, my mind racing, waiting for me, standing ominously in the room, were my dad and the person wearing the Michael Myers mask. Go to your parent, the gorilla man said. I walked. Through sobs, I managed to squeeze out the word. Why? I stopped in front of him and looked up at his scary red-nosed clown mask. Why did you do this, Dad? I continued to weep, with my breath shaky and my chest jerking three or four times with each inhale. My dad stared at me from beneath his clown mask, the hood of his jacket covering any visible part of his face not covered by the mask. He didn't utter a word. Why? I belted out, throwing the candle right at him. The candle fell to the floor and spilled hot wax all over my dad, who jumped out of the way. The rug it landed on suddenly caught fire, and the two men behind me and the Michael Myers guy backed away from the flames. I backed away too, and the gorilla man lifted his gun at me. Now you've done it, you little piece of shit, he yelled. I ducked down to the floor behind the now spreading flames. I heard three or four gunshots ring out toward me, and I heard the bullets whiz by. How they missed me, I'll never know. The flames grew in size rapidly, and the room filled with smoke almost instantly. I heard coughing, and the gorilla man covered his face with his hand and stopped shooting the gun. I crawled along the floor, staying low. The four men began coughing and reaching for their faces while I crawled towards the front door. The room rapidly began to haze over as the smoke from the fire blocked the remaining candlelight, as well as the light from the now large fire. I got up, my face and nose burning from the harsh smoke, 
and open the front door. Cold, fresh air whooshed into the living room, and I heard a voice yell, You idiots! He's getting away! Getting past the remaining haze of the front door, I rushed out onto the porch and heard the gunshots being fired behind me in my direction. I rushed down the stairs and looked back at the living room one last time. With the glow of flames, I saw the face of my father's mask, desperately grabbing at the straps that held it to his face. The person I thought was my dad ripped off their mask to reveal a face I had never expected in my wildest nightmares. My mother. Her red hair fell out of the hood of her coat. She was coughing and wheezing as she tried to gain some understanding of the surroundings. The gorilla man was not far from her. He dropped his gun and began to take his mask off as well. I turned back, screamed, and began running as fast as I could. I heard the fire alarms in the house going off at full volume as I ran off down the street and around the block. I heard some voices shouting and the distinct sound of my back door opening and slamming shut. I ran faster and screamed until my voice was raw and my lungs couldn't take it anymore. I don't remember what happened after that. I only know what the neighbors, three blocks down from us, told me. Apparently, I had come screaming down the block, had beaten on their door, and then fainted right there on their porch. They opened their door, and after seeing me and my house on fire in the distance, they called the police. The police had come, and so had the fire department. That was the first four-alarm fire the town had experienced in nearly 25 years. The whole neighborhood had come to see the house burst into flames. It took nearly three hours to put it out, but it had been such an intense fire that it had all but burned the place down to the ground. They also had, as my neighbors told me, made the grisly discovery of the charred remains of my sister and father, both in my sister's room. I don't know how I missed him. According to the police, he had been in the room with her, next to the door, trying to block the flames from entering the room. What absolute bullshit. The last thing I remember was me getting pulled into an interrogation room with two cops. They asked me many questions about what happened. I told them all about the strange men and my mother and my sister being dead. But they wouldn't listen. They kept telling me it was an electrical fire caused by all the electronics my dad had set up in the yard. I tried to tell them what I saw, but they refused to listen. Eventually, state troopers stepped into the room and I was taken away by a social worker. They would eventually go on to make me a ward of the state. I was moved to Washington State and put into an orphanage 
The events of that day have haunted me for more than 19 years. I still have nightmares. Why did my mom do such a thing? I can only reason that the divorce and losing custody of us had driven her to insanity. If she couldn't have us, then no one could. But how did she get those men to help her? I'm bothered by the fact that one of the officers in the interrogation room was mysteriously missing his gun. Thank God the state troopers came in when they did. But maybe I'm wrong. There are so many unanswered questions. As for Halloween, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. The fear of dying was real for me that day. I don't care how much fun you think you're having. These things happen when you least expect them. Always double check the things around you, especially on Halloween. It's, ironically, the time when you least expect it. One more thing I forgot to mention. As I've gotten older, I've made little realizations about that night. I realized something about my sister's room that night when I entered it. Something that shakes me to my very core. That was not a leather jacket on the wall next to the door. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's story. If you did, be sure to follow the show for more. Shout out once again to the author of this story, Reddit user EvilKnievel77. I'll leave a link down to the story itself down below because uh, their page on Reddit is not safe for work. And last time I posted that, I got flagged on YouTube and got a hard strike. So we're just going to leave the one link this time. A reminder that next week I'll be posting the Toma-inspired story. So be sure to check that out because I'm sure it's going to be a fun one. Also this Friday, another episode of City of Nightmares where we head down to Good Springs, Nevada to the Pioneer Saloon. And again, on October 26th, I'll be posting Nope Too Creepy Live Episode 2, Joliet Prison. A lot on the way for spooky season, everybody, and I'm excited. And I hope you are too. Until next time, remember to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope. Encounters, the cryptid hunting game. Take the role of a monster hunter with a variety of classes, each with their own unique abilities. Draw the items you need and use them to capture cryptids or hurt your fellow hunters. Take on 50 creatures from all around the world, including vampires, Slenderman, and the mighty Kraken. But be careful. These deadly creatures won't go down without a fight. Can you catch the most cryptids before your health hits zero? Encounters. The cryptid hunting game. Order your copy today at enkidu-interactive.com and use promo code NOPE to save 15% on your order. Happy hunting. Happy hunting.